Hello, everybody, and welcome to Random Encounter 272 or 272. My name is John O'Logan, and today we're going to be talking about the news that everyone's talking about, which is Yakuza. Yakuza, Yakuza, Yakuza. There was a big Yakuza show a few days ago, so that's pretty much going to be the whole episode today. I'm just going to talk about Yakuza for the next, like, hour or so. So, you know, just sit there and sit back and enjoy it. It's going to be a really fun ride. Stop. Hello, and welcome to episode 272 of Random Encounter, and we are here to talk about what you all think we're here to talk about, which is Final Fantasy 16. We are recording this, uh, I don't know, four days, three days after the game has come out, um, and so we've got a lot of early impressions. Uh, I reviewed the game for the site, um, and we got the code really early, so I actually finished it like weeks ago, um, but I'm going to try not to say a whole lot today. Um, but before we do that, um, and uh, before we even talk about the Nintendo Direct, which we want to talk about very briefly as well, um, I want to go ahead and introduce our panel, starting with you, Ben. Hi. <laughs> and Des. Hello. And Caitlin. Hey there. And I believe it's the first appearance on any podcast of the site uh, for David Silbert. Great to be here. Yeah, awesome. Glad to have you. Um, so yeah, like I said, I wanted to quickly talk about, um, and we could talk about Final Fantasy 16 for hours. We're going to try not to do that. Um, obviously I was a fan if you read the review. Um, but, um, I want to quickly touch on the Nintendo Direct, which interestingly dropped at the exact same time as Embargo lifted for Final Fantasy 16 reviews. I'm not sure if that was a coincidence or not. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, before we uh, go forward further, I just want to quickly talk about uh, some favorite things or things you're excited about from the Nintendo Direct. I thought it was a good show. Um, I thought there were a lot of things in there that I was excited about. So uh, who wants to start us off? Just give me one game you're excited about from the Nintendo Direct. Super Mario RPG Remake. Oh my goodness. It looks so good. It looks beautiful. I'm super excited to play this game again. Yeah, um, I played it like when it first came out. That's the only time I've played it. And uh, I think at the time I would have considered it like my favorite RPG because I was young and it was easy. <laughs> but I, uh, I just really, I really love that game and I've been wanting to replay it for years. It's actually my first RPG that I oh, ever that's played. A great, that's a great starter RPG, I think. Um, like I know Mystic Quest was supposed to be that back in the day, but that I think is a great one. Got kids starting them on that one. I think it's great. What about everybody else? Other things you're excited about? Well, I was just going to say, I guess the obvious uh, answer is uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Like that definitely looks yeah. wild. Um, but I guess if I'm sticking to RPGs, I'm I'm intrigued by Star Ocean Second Story yeah. R. Um, haven't played the original two games actually. I haven't really played any Star Ocean, so I'm excited for the kind of 2D, 3D Octopath treatment. Yeah, I I, I look at like the the art style of it, and I'm like, I don't understand how you're doing this. Like it looks really interesting to me and i've only played the game once and i played it a long time ago and i remember the crafting being like really weird in that game um and like it would like gate progression behind crafting um but it's the only star ocean game i've played and i'm like you know i think it's time for me to go back to it again it looked yeah. gorgeous and yeah that that it's almost like an evolution almost of the octopath hd 2d because mm -hmm. it was a bit more of a 3d hd 2d than octopath games have been yeah, I think they actually called it 3D 2D. Yeah. Uh, oh. Instead of HD 2D <laughs> in the marketing materials. So. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> and uh, for like a year, I accidentally always called HD 2D 3D 2D. So I'm glad they've taken the moniker that I <laughs> accidentally used for like a year. That's great. 
Yeah, I think uh, that one looks really cool. And uh, honestly, even though it's not an RPG wonder, like I am so into 2D Mario that I agree. And like, I'm like, this looks wild <laughs> and really kind of odd, but in a way that I'm into. So I'm excited for that one too. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i probably most excited for Dragon Quest uh, Monsters. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, which looks really cool. You get to play as Sorrow, the villain from 4, which is really interesting. And uh, they added like fusion mechanics, like almost like an SMT kind of yeah influence thing so um that's really exciting um it's cool to see the series come back since we didn't get joker 3 or any of the remakes on Mm -hmm. 3ds so um you know there's always a a worry that they wouldn't they stopped localizing them entirely but uh it's cool to see it come back so that's probably my favorite when it's dragon quest you're just never sure even now (laughs) because like dragon quest 10 they have the offline one we still don't have it yeah Um, yeah, and, and I, you know, honestly, like, I am not into monster collecting games, like, at all. Like, I, I hate to say this as a member of RPG fan, I have never played more than 15 minutes of a Pokemon game. Um, I watched Alana play a whole lot of uh, Violet um, or Scarlet, whatever one she was playing. And I was like, man, this is like the worst looking game I've ever seen. <laughs> and that did not, that did not make me any more excited to play a Pokemon game. But Sorrow prequel with monster fusing and in the dragon quest world yes i am 100 percent going to play this and that is actually my answer as well um that is like the game i cannot believe that that is the game i am most excited about um coming out of the direct given super mario rpg but i, I think it looks dope zach don't don't worry i'm also not really into uh monster game pokemon digimon and it's not i tried and i don't hate them but yeah. it's just not my thing I think maybe it like came out at a weird time. Like I was in high school and Pokemon came out and like, I certainly like knew people who were playing Pokemon, but like, I was like too cool for school. Right. Like I'm like, I'm not playing that <laughs> dumb anime video game, even though like I'd played RPG since I was four. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's never, it's never stuck with me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that this is going to be the time I'm going to do it. Like in, Dragon Quest V, one of my favorite things to do in that game is to grab the monsters. So obviously I don't totally hate the idea. Any Anything else people are really excited about from the Direct? Uh, for me, aside from Super Mario RPG, Star Ocean, and that Mario Bad Drug Trip game, uh, I'm really looking forward to the Silent Hope game because I want to see how they write a story with seven silent protagonists. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work, but I think that game looks slick. Like it looks fun. Um, it was like one of those things where like I feel like I got drowned out by everything else that, you know, ports and everything else but like that game i was like this looks like a new ip that i can get behind it looks cool i really hope there's some kind of multiplayer component to it because it looks like the perfect kind of game for you to like just kind of go explore a dungeon with a friend with and it would be kind of weird juggling seven characters if you can only control one yeah i, I don't know how it's gonna work um but i'm definitely intrigued by it but yeah i, I thought it was a, a cool direct i was a little surprised not to see any zelda dlc news there but i guess they're holding that for a while um but yeah, um, I thought it was a cool direct, but uh, that's not really why we're here. Um, as cool as the direct was, we are here to talk about Final Fantasy 16, uh, which is a game that just released uh, you know last week at this point. Uh, I guess this is posting on Monday. And, uh, you know, our, our panelists are sort of at various points. Some of them have played way too much of this game. Yes. Um, and others have played a more healthy amount. Um, but uh, I have uh, played through it all the way. I've done uh, New Game Plus for like 15 hours at this point. And uh, it is a game that I'm excited to talk to all of you about because I don't want to talk to anyone on the internet about it right now. Because even if they love it or they hate it, the discourse is insufferable already. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, tw- Twitter is usually accessible, but especially accessible oh, right now gosh, if you're looking so for FF16 opinions. 
um, even, even people who like the game and I, I give this game a 97. Like I, I it's like, it is now my favorite single player, uh, final fantasy game. Um, and I knew I was going to be high on it, but even people who like it as much as I do, I'm like, shut up. This game has flaws and it definitely does. Um, and you know, and I can't remember the last time a final fantasy game came out that wasn't controversial, maybe like final fantasy nine. Um, but I just think that it gets elevated by, um, online discourse at this point. Um, so before we even talk about final fantasy 16, I do want to quickly ask all of you, uh, just very quickly what your favorite final fantasy game is. I don't want to go through the whole, your whole series history. That would take a while, but, um, your favorite final fantasy game that you've played up to now. Um, cause I think it's going to help sort of frame our discussion in terms of how you're feeling about final fantasy 16. So uh, starting with you, David, what's your favorite Final Fantasy before this one? Yeah, well, so my favorite Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy twelve, And on um, my bio on the site, I, I joke that the reason I got introduced to Final Fantasy was because my brother went to GameStop and uh, needed a birthday present for me. And it's like, I need something a nerd will like. What, what should I get? He's <laughs> like, get him Final Fantasy twelve. <laughs> Great pick. Um, I just love kind of the open-ended zones. I love, yeah. I still think it has some of the finest voice acting in the series. And I, I love agree. the Gambit system. So great game yeah i was late to 12 i didn't play it until the zodiac age on the ps4 just because mm. I, I somehow the discourse even at that time i was like oh, i'm not sure um and then i got around to it and i absolutely love it um i'll talk more about my favorite later but um yeah i i love final fantasy 12 um what about everybody else caitlin uh well i don't think this will surprise anyone when i say <laughs> that my favorite is final fantasy 14 um but if i if you were to press me and say, well, not, not anything but 14, a, a single player Final Fantasy, I, I would probably also say Final Fantasy 12. Yeah, um, I'll just go ahead and say that, yes, Final Fantasy 14 is definitely my favorite Final Fantasy game, even. Uh, the, but it feels like an unfair comparison. Like it's like four Final Fantasies in one. Um, and I've spent, gosh, I've only been playing the game for three years, I say only uh, like probably <laughs> 5000 hours on that game at this point. Um, and, uh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, but yeah, I guess for me, otherwise it would probably have been before this one, um, either final fantasy six or maybe 12 or if tactics counts, I really love final fantasy tactics, tactics counts. Uh, so yeah, it might be tactics. I don't know, man. I really like final fantasy. Uh, my nostalgic favorite is final fantasy four, but I know that one doesn't really hold a candle to later ones. Anyway, I like final fantasy. What about you, Ben? We just talked about Final Fantasy recently. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, I would say my favorite uh, Final Fantasy game would be uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. But for mainline, um, I would probably say Final Fantasy V is my favorite. I love that answer. <laughs> Tactics Advance. Uh, you know, I've never finished that game, but I need to. Um, and I really liked your piece on that uh, about escapism in Thank Tactics you. Advance. I think it was uh, really excellent. And what about you, Des? Uh, so mine would be probably Final Fantasy VIII because I really love Ooh. all the weird, like, craziness to it and just how you can break it wide open and how kind of anything that you want to do with the battle system, you can kind of do. Um, so it's been, I've been trying to replay it recently, but I'm waiting on a mod to restore a lot of the uh, backgrounds if you saw how the remastered one looked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's been really fun to kind of take what I know now to go back to it and just kind of see like, oh, what can I do with this junction system? Because it's it's extremely interesting and I love how weird and just bizarre it gets. I've been meaning to replay Final Fantasy VIII because I, it's one of those things where it, you're, um, as you get older and your tastes change and you maybe mature mm -hmm. a little bit, uh, sometimes things you didn't like in the past are more appealing 
Um, and I, I kind of, I have a feeling that Final Fantasy VIII, I, I liked it, but I think I wasn't as, I was, you know, not as crazy about it. I have a feeling if I went back and replayed it now, I would like it a lot more. That's how I feel about nine. Cause when I played nine after eight, I was like, this is not really what I'm looking for. And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you've heard me on previous podcasts, probably disparaging nine a little bit and getting yelled <laughs> at by Izzy for it. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those games that i really want to go back to and kind of see like how do i feel about it now like what 22 years later uh so kind of the same feeling where i'm sure that when i replay it i'm gonna like it way more than i did back Mm -hmm. when i was a dumb kid eight and nine are the two that i want to replay the most um because it's funny like i when final fantasy 7 came out like i adored it um and then i played it for review for the site a few years ago and like i gave it like maybe like an 83 or something i was like it's still a good game but it, it it has some serious seams. Um, and then like, I remember coming off of that to eight, I was like, what is this? <laughs> and I was like maybe 13 or 14. And I didn't really understand how junctioning worked. And I think I was too hyped for final fantasy nine. Um, and I was like, this is going to be the greatest game of all time. And it wasn't. So I was disappointed, but I want to, I want to go back and check it out. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love that our answers have been so varied um, because, you know, final fantasy, and so much of the conversation about this game is like, what is Final Fantasy? Uh, like, and it's an annoying question, but I think it's an interesting one that, uh, if you really think about like why we love the series, or maybe you know love you know elements of the series, um, and, and we're all approaching it from different angles, and so I think that will uh, be interesting to hear um, about some of your thoughts as we're going through this. So, um, you know, Final Fantasy sixteen. Uh, just give a brief overview. It is. Uh, a fully action-based RPG. It, um, you know, especially in the early going, especially where a lot of you are at this point, like it feels like it has like the barest threads of RPG elements. I I do think that changes more later. Uh, Like where Dest is at this point, I think it feels more like an RPG. Um, And it is clearly heavily inspired by Game of Thrones. Like if you've watched Game of Thrones, like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Early on, I was like, this is like, this is pushing on the boundaries of plagiarism just like a tiny bit, uh, but that gets a little bit better later. And it doesn't really bother me because I like Game of Thrones, but um, it certainly has uh, making an effort to become more mature uh, it, in some ways. Like Yoshi P has said, like people accuse us of being too anime. And let me tell you, some of the fights in this game are like the most anime thing I have ever <laughs> seen. Um, like they're yeah, incredibly sure. <laughs> anime, but he's like dressing it up in like this darker fantasy setting um honestly the anime parts of this game are my favorite parts of this game um the dark fantasy setting i'm cool with but like those fights they are so good um so i just want to quickly talk about early impressions um and and then we can kind of just jump uh, around from there to different things so um anybody want to get us started just talking about sort of like sort of generally speaking maybe kind of how far you are and um your um, early impressions of the game at this point? Uh, well, I guess I'll start since I think I am the uh, not farthest, the the least far out of the group, I guess. Um, I am approaching, if you played the demo and you finished the the demo, the, the, the story intro, the demo, you, you got access to a, a second section, which takes place a little bit later in the game. Um, I am approaching that section uh, of the game. So sort of what I assume is going to be one of the big, uh, the, one of the first big uh, reveals and, and twists and, and uh, major uh, fights is, uh, uh, is, where, is where I am. And what are your thoughts about it so far? Uh, I am 
mad at myself for not having more time to to play this game because it, it is sucking me in. Uh, I'm I'm liking a lot of it. There there I have a few quibbles uh, with uh, not so much with the 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 story or the gameplay, but some of the um, uh, the uh, design. Uh, uh, the camera is my worst enemy right now. Uh, if if I if I had to say that, um, oh. but. Uh, Otherwise, I'm loving the tone. Um, I am, of course, loving the music because Soken is Ooh. amazing. And I am uh, excited to see where things go because it already, like, the first couple hours were already kind of bat <laughs> crazy with yeah. <laughs> the, 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 one of the opening fights, and, but also just, like, the, uh, the, the, the blood. There's so much blood. <laughs> and I'm like... I know that sounds weird to say because it's like there are other games, other RPGs where you know you there's blood, but like for a Final Fantasy to go that hardcore on some of what happens in the opening hours mm -hmm. was I knew it was hap going to happen, but I was still kind of like, holy crap! Yeah, and like you know, I, and I remember the first time I played Final Fantasy VII, I was so shocked by the profanity, but here like they dropped so many f bombs. Yes, and at first I was like. Huh, not sure about that. And then I think about like the way I talk in real life, and I I say that word at least twice as often, um, so it doesn't really bother me. But I, I, out of curiosity, how is the camera um, causing you to struggle? Because I never really noticed that myself, and I'm curious what, how it's uh, you're struggling with it. Uh, so uh, it's a little bit well. How would I describe it? Um, what I notice is that when I'm panning the camera around and moving my character. Um, Kind of ironic because they actually fixed this in 14 recently. It's partly it's the thing where if you're moving and you're paying the camera, the camera wants to pan back to behind your character instead mm, of okay. letting you just place it wherever you want. And that creates occasionally a little bit of like, I'm moving the camera a bit, but then I had to let go of the stick and it, it pumps back, which is a little disorienting. That, yeah. So um, it's a... I haven't. I know you can turn up the sensitivity way high, and that it's uh, all the way up is way too high. It's not that I need it to rotate faster. It's just it's a little floaty, I guess, at times. I could definitely see that being an issue, especially in a game like this where it's kind of important that you can see what's going on. Yeah. So, and it never obscures my ability to like you know see enemies and whatnot. It's just as I'm moving around and panning the camera, sometimes there's a little jarringness where the camera's like, no, I'm going here. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because in 14, I've noticed that they made that change and it's like so important, especially like, I don't know, I think like about like P8, I don't want to talk about Final Fantasy 14 too much, but like there are certain mechanics in that fight um, where like, I really need the camera to be exactly where I need the camera to be <laughs> and please don't move on me. Um, so yeah, I could see that being frustrating. But I mean, it's a, it's a nitpick. I, it's minor. Like it's what everybody else's thoughts so far and how far along are you? Uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll hop in here because I, I think I'm probably not too much farther in than, than Caitlin is. I, I kind of wrapped up that segment um, that from the end of the, the demo. And my impressions are good so far. I think it's too early to say, I mean, really with any RPG, but especially Final Fantasy where, you know, it kind of hinges on on really interesting uh, sudden plot twists and character development. It's hard to see where the where the narrative is going, but I'm excited. Um, I think one one area where I'm very, very pleasantly pleased is with the combat. And so I think especially coming, I, I'm not a big uh, 14 person. I played a little bit and I do enjoy it, um, especially as I said, I, I like 12. But 15 was a game that I platinumed and it was definitely a kind of a love-hate relationship with that game. And I, I see a lot of parallels between 
15 and 16, um, namely with the combat and kind of how flashy the combat in 15 was, but it always kind of had that unwieldy uh, mm-hmm. feel to it where I'm like, okay, you can switch between weapons and do all these things, but it just doesn't really feel like there's any like rhyme or reason. There's not like a strategy to what I'm doing. I'm just doing it to look cool. Yeah. Whereas in <laughs> 16, I, I, I was holding my breath when I was starting. I'm like, oh, is this going to be similar? But then, you know, you start to realize, okay, this, this kind of combo leads to its own combo. This move leads to its own combo string. If I end on this kind of icon move, I can launch enemies into the air or I could have Torgal, you know, launch someone in the air. Then I can Phoenix mm-hmm. shift up to them and swing down. So it, it feels more gratifying uh, for sure. And I can only, I could see it getting, you know, m- deeper and deeper the more kind of different abilities you unlock. Um, I think my only real quibbles so far have been uh, lock-on feels a little iffy to me. Maybe I'm just not maybe i'm i'm wrong yeah, Zach, I don't, yeah no I, I, no I there's not really right. a clean way to do it right to to toggle between enemies other than unlocking and then relocking on mm-hmm. and then aside from that just performance you know i'm surprised in performance mode on i mean i guess ps5 is obviously the only platform uh, yet <laughs> but um it doesn't feel like a very stable frame rate or if it, it is it is not it feels yeah. like it's jittery so if you uh, look at um digital foundries analysis yeah. it is all over the place in performance yeah. mode, which is actually part of the reason why I'm playing in graphics mode myself. Yeah, yeah I think graphics mode caps you at 30 FPS, right? Yeah. Um, which I, I think probably would work better for some people. And it's it's so fascinating to me because like it obviously like I watched that video um, and I've seen, you know, I read a lot of reviews uh, when uh, Embargo lifted because I was curious how everybody's opinions aligned with mine and uh, almost everybody's mentioned it. But I played in performance mode and I didn't notice it almost at all. And I don't know how it's possible. Like I was playing it last night again and I'm like, I still (laughs) just don't see it. And I don't know if it's like something my TV is correcting or if it is uh, like just my eyes don't see it. It's fascinating to me um, because I I feel bad that I didn't, you know, mention it in my review because it's obviously an issue, but I just didn't see it. I think it's different for different people. Like I remember when I played uh, Horizon Forbidden West for review, um, I was surprised because I played it in performance mode. I couldn't, I tried playing it in graphics mode, but oh, panning the camera was I couldn't do it in graphics mode. And I remembered seeing people say that performance mode was bad and it looked awful. And I was like, uh, it still looks freaking amazing. What are you on? <laughs> um, but here it's weird on the reverse where it's like, actually, I think I prefer graphics mode, um, which I, I will say, I think that the graphics mode in 16 is more stable in terms of its frame rate lock and frame pacing than I remember Horizon Forbidden West uh being like i normal i'm the kind of person who uh in games like this uh i would probably prefer performance mode i would prefer a higher frame rate um but i'm actually just fine with graphics they, i think they did a good job of making it stable and um still enjoyable so i don't know yeah i think yeah different people eyes work differently so uh, i'm not surprised that that you didn't you know not everyone notices it so and that that's why it's nice that there's an option like it, they could yeah. have just been like you all get 30 fps no other modes i do i would like to see if maybe they can improve the performance mode or maybe offer like how some games give you like a 40 fps option mm-hmm. in the future maybe they can do that yeah because i think that um looking at digital foundry it didn't it didn't dip too far below 40 usually um so i think that would probably help 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like my only issue with graphics mode was that like, um, like the haloing that it would do when you moved around characters sometimes, um, like the motion blur stuff. Is that more um, in, intense in graphics? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's more intense in graphics mode. Okay. Um, and so that, I, that is noticeable. I found that distracting. And yeah, it does distract me occasionally. Yeah, um, yeah, and all the stuff about the combat. I I want to talk more in depth about the combat in a second here, but uh, yeah, I, I I think the combat's great. Um, so before we get to that, which I think will probably be the first thing we really dig into, um, let's talk about everybody else and sort of where they are and their early impressions of the game. Yeah. So. Um, I think I'm a I'm a good bit further than either um, Caitlin or David, but not quite as far as Des. So um, I'm really enjoying the game. Uh, I think that the the spectacle and the visuals and the um, you know the quality of like the performances, like the the voice performances and the motion capture and everything, I think is like pretty unparalleled for. Um, you know, other action RPGs like on PS4, PS5. Um, I think that's definitely like the strongest aspect of the game to me. Um, I'm a little lukewarm on the combat, um, but I do think one thing that they nailed in this game is the feel of the game, just like how it feels to control Clive, how it feels to run around in the environment. It's very smooth. It definitely has that um, Japanese action game feel to it. Um, and a lot of other games in the genre struggle with that. So uh, that's definitely one of the things I want to praise most about the game. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that for me, um, in, if I'm looking at like the whole thing, like, um, like I'm not looking at like, I don't know, like on my review, like somebody complained, like a lot of people complained about this actually about my review. Like I gave like most things like a 95, but then like I gave the score overall 97. And I think part of why that is, is what you were just talking about, is how like it feels like such a complete package. Um, like it, it feels like it's polished and it knows how it wants to move from thing to thing to thing. Um, and it all like, feel like is it, it, it congeals in a way that um, I agree. Like I think other Japanese action RPGs have struggled with um, in particular. And so I think it, it, it just presents itself so confidently um, that, you know, and I got the review code almost a, a month before. And usually that means they're confident in a game, right? And I, and I, I could sense that confidence in the way that it was presenting itself. Yeah, this is definitely a game where you can feel the the budget and the mm-hmm. production value. Um, and I think that that is something like a lot of people will come away from this game remembering. There's just there's so many big bombastic moments that like stick in your mind. Um, I've I've seen comparisons to Asura's Wrath. If anyone here yeah, played that I've game. seen the co- comparisons, but now <laughs> I want to play it. <laughs> Yeah, and it is, I mean, I think that comparison is pretty apt, but unlike that game where it's very short and that's like all there is to it, there's like a whole other game to this. And it yeah. has like all of those kind of moments that you saw in that game, the the spectacle and, and um, you know, huge scale of, of conflict that you would see in that game. So uh, it's pretty impressive in that way, for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, Des, I know you're, uh, other than me, uh, the furthest along. Um, so I'd like kind of like to hear some of your impressions and especially because the pacing and the way this game feels changes um, as it goes. Um, I don't want to get too far into why that's the case, um, because I feel like in the early going, it's just like linear thing to big action set piece to linear thing to cutscene to linear thing. And that changes later on. So I'm particularly curious about uh, your thoughts at this point. Yeah. So uh, kind of like the others um, and other people that I've talked to, I was mildly concerned with how kind of Game of Thrones it was um, at first. 
And I even had to suffer a couple very long read-throughs of people's like five-paragraph uh, wine sessions about um, <laughs> this is from this book, this is from that book, oh, these are God. these characters. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it was kind of awful. <laughs> yeah, it was insufferable. But um, you really see it, even early on all of the like Final Fantasy trappings into it. But what really got me is there there's a, a point where it kind of like I guess for like lack of a better term, it like takes the mask off and is like, no, I am the most Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And <laughs> it was so hype for me is that I was just like, okay, I you're still here. You're just kind of, you know, wearing a different outfit. Uh, <laughs> and like with the combat, everything opens up and I we'll talk more about combat later, but it's really impressive how much like Devil May Cry and Dragon's Dogma you can see in it. And as for the actual like pacing, um, early on it is one of those, you know, like you said, straight down a corridor, cutscene, corridor, cutscene, 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 cutscene. But when you get to that like first open area, it's it's not huge. Um, and I think we've all been there. Or I don't think Caitlin has a, cu- yet. a couple of us haven't quite gotten there yet. Uh, you'll notice that it's it's much larger, but it's not like um i'm trying to think of some games where it's like it's not like final fantasy 13 where it's like oh just hallways and then you know open field i think the closest comparison i can think of is final fantasy 12 like it's not we're not talking like xenoblade here um right but definitely it you get these larger field areas maybe a little bit tales of arise even yeah um, tales of arise is maybe a little more ex- exploration heavy um but yeah it's not we're not looking at some massive scope here yeah and um What's interesting is how they, they build upon that, where like in some of their early interviews, they said it's not open world, it's open zone. And when you kind of explore around and see places unlock, it's really interesting how that all comes together and really does start to feel like, you know, kind of massive and you're not just going down hallways and corridors and stuff and going from cutscene to cutscene. So I've been very impressed with it. And with the the last fight that I did, um, as mentioned earlier, it is like the most anime thing. And like to the point where I'm like sitting there just like giddy on my couch, just like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. <laughs> and in one of yeah, my, I was Discord, texting my partner during it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait till you get to X fight. I can't even tell you what it's called, but it's the most insane thing I've ever done in a video game. <laughs> I've, so had cool. to like, <laughs> I've had to like put little things in like very vague brackets and be like, Oh yeah, X the Y or this <laughs> fight in this particular X, Y. And just, um, kind of leave all those little vague hints and hope that when the person gets there, they, um, they basically scream back, but (laughs) the, um, it's, it's just been very crazy and mind blowing. And, um, some of my discord like messages between a friend have just been like, that was the most hype fight ever. And then like four hours later, that was the most hype fight ever. And then it's just been like six or seven of those in a row to the point that I don't know how they're going to (laughs) kind of top the last one that I did. Um, and even the one that Caitlin's coming up to is like that thing kind of blew me away and I was very excited by it. So I'm really hoping it has the same effect for anyone who hasn't hit it yet. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Although I'm a little bit spoiled cause I watched some of the, uh, uh, preview coverage that went over that yeah. section. I mean, I think we can talk about that section cause it's like literally the first thing we posted, right? Scott's video stuff. So mm-hmm. it was the, the, the Garuda fight. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, like, I thought that fight was incredible. Um, but man, it just like amps up, amps up, amps up. And I think that the one you're talking about, Des, uh, which is the fourth icon, uh, which I can just say, 
um, is probably my favorite, but like the, there, there are at least two more that like are even more insane um, in terms of just like the scope of them. Um, but that one, just like the different phases to it. Um, yeah. I thought um, just like it, how it felt so different in every phase too. Um, I thought was just incredibly cool. Yeah. And I kind of felt this when I first played the demo and it opens up with the, the Ifrit and Phoenix fight is that it felt like there was a lot of near to it. Yeah. And that was really exciting to me. And it's been really great to kind of see that feeling stick with me through every like large encounter. Um, and then even some of the, I won't spoil it, but there's a particular fight that uses some Final Fantasy 14 mechanics. And I was like noticing everything yep. yes. from the like, from the like, like you have to like move in and out with like these AOEs. Yeah. Um, um, yeah dodging particular moves that may have killed me 10 years ago yeah <laughs> um, so it was just kind of like this like bloom of nostalgia in my heart and i was like this is so cool um yeah. but yeah as the- a as a 14 fan already i mean even where i am uh there's so much obvious influence i mean not just uh the presence of masayoshi soken doing the music but there's an orchestrian in your your hub area mm. that is like literally it's <laughs> the orchestrian from 14 and i mm-hmm. I fought a mid boss that I'm pretty sure was a ninja and looked to be mm-hmm. using a lot of the same moves. And yep. then later on, I fought um, in sort of a lead up to the Garuda fight. If you play Final Fantasy XIV Garuda, you know that she summons a uh, little, she summons additional like mini Garudas. And I had to fight one of those. And I was like, they even, it's the same name and it even looks similar. And I'm like, oh. <gasps> my heart and you could even hear i think a little bit of the garuda theme from 14 in the garuda fight mm-hmm. um in the music for the garuda fight um yeah I, and i mean i think like later on like you get like side quests that literally like have a plus above their head and i'm like oh well i re- i know what that means i mean this is an important one i better go do that one <laughs> um and like in a true form like it'll unlock like you know you can have more potions or the ability to ride a chocobo or whatever um so yeah, I mean, like, there's so much of the design that of this game that's it, it, endemic to it is from 14, and that really works for me. Um, but I, I guess if you don't really like 14, that might frustrate you because um, I do think there are some weaknesses to this game, and I'll probably talk about some of those later um, that I do think are also endemic to 14. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, if you know the parlance of 14, this is going to feel like an you're going to feel at home here, which I think is very cool. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that combat. And honestly, like I, um, so like the the combat in general, like as we've been talking about, like it feels very much like a, a platinum developed RPG or like Devil May Cry, which makes sense because originally like it's gonna break off from them. Um, and it feels like that because um, you've got like these dodges and you can parry and uh, perfect dodges are what you want and combos are a really big p- part of it. But then, like, uh, the the addition of the icon abilities, uh, which uh, you'll get, I won't say how many you get eventually, uh, but you get, like, and they get sort of spaced out throughout. So, like, you start with Phoenixes, and then the next one you get is Garuda, and then that's where I'll stop (laughs) in terms of how many you get. But they give you such an ability to uh, change the way you want to play. So, like, uh, my partner is pretty far along, and she loves Garuda's abilities, and I never really jived with Garuda's skills um i felt like i missed with them all the time like i wasn't really into aerial combat um i was more into like stay away and kind of kite and hit them with stuff from afar um because i'm a coward like that (laughs) um 
so yeah, I think the combat here is really cool, but I do think that um, it's a little easy. <laughs> Eventually, like you get so overpowered by the end of this game that like you can just like absolutely obliterate everything. Um, so uh, in terms of the combat, how how is everybody really feeling with it? With it, um, and we could kind of talk about the icon fights as well, um, and what those fights are looking like. Yeah, so uh, Des mentioned um, Dragon's Dogma a little bit ago, and I think that's a really interesting comparison point because these two games, there's a lot of similarities, I think, between this game and Dragon's Dogma, but they almost have like the opposite approach where uh, Dragon's Dogma is um, developers who worked on Devil May Cry taking that, you know, basics of that combat system and then expanding it out into like a fully fledged RPG, right? And to me, 16 is almost like an is like an RPG team taking that Devil May Cry combat and stripping out a lot of the more RPG elements that the series is known for streamlining it into just like a action, you know, combat system that's much different than what you've seen in other Final Fantasy games. Um, And I, I think the main... I think that's in some ways a really good choice on their part because I think it makes the game a lot more approachable. Um, I think it makes the game um, very engaging to play moment to moment. The feel of the game is very good. Um, but one thing I definitely miss from it is that kind of variety and like and character building that you see in a lot of RPGs and even a lot of other action RPGs and you don't have as much in this game. I don't know how everybody else feels about that, but that was one thing that stood out to me um, playing it, comparing it to things like Souls or comparing it to Dragon's Dogma or other similar action RPGs. I think it kind of depends on how you approach the combat too, because like how um, Zach was saying is that he's very uh, ranged and kind of hides back and attacks from afar. Um, I've had other friends who are just like the most aggro in your face, no utility moves, no like dodging or anything like that. And then, like, myself is I'm more, like, counter-focused. So, like, uh, Heat Wave is my favorite move in the entire game so far. Uh, so, it's there's not the whole, like, building um, characters, like you say, and you can only upgrade so much. But it's been really interesting, at least for me, to see how everyone approaches every fight differently. Um, and I guess to, to move on to something that I'm a little critical about is element doesn't matter. And so it's a little, like, sad that you can't, like, use... Uh, like fire magic on a plant and do more damage or there's no like status effects um that you can do um i think i've been hit by one by maybe then the ninja that caitlin was talking about but it's it feels like it lost a little bit of final fantasy um in its journey to be like a more devil may cry dragon's dogma type thing but as you do get more icon abilities you'll you'll definitely see a lot more of that dragon's dogma part of it um especially with the third one um, it it kind of has some some of those like magic classes from Dragon's mm-hmm. Dogma One, um, but I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and I there's a there's an ability because like they have these time trials sort of littered throughout the world um, where you can only use one icon abilities, um, and they have forced you to use certain iconic abilities. And there's one move for the one you're talking about that I was like, oh my gosh, I did not realize how powerful this was, and now it is part of my Final Fantasy build. So I do think they give you some variety, and I think early on I can totally understand. Um, how it feels like there's not enough variety. And I think even later on, I would understand how you would think that way. But I think that by the time you get 
all the icons that are available to you. And a lot of them feel really different. Like the very last one you get feels so different from the previous six that like it would change your approach to combat entirely. Um, but yeah, the status effect thing I think is like kind of tossed in. Eventually there's going to be like these characters who like cast brave and you want to kill them first because they make everybody around them more powerful, but it feels kind of tacked on. Um, and I, I would have liked to see maybe like even like a poison status effect or something that simple um, tossed in because um, like the, all these like plant animal or like plant creatures and like the morbul that you fight at the very beginning, like bad breath doesn't doesn't feel as scary if they're not going to totally debilitate me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, um, it would have been cool if you could like ignite the bad breath or something like that, like right. give you something to, to kind of encourage you to use like charge shots or or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, as someone who really likes the trail series, like basically turning a character into the doom train summon from final fantasy eight is like one of my favorite things to do so kind of not having the ability to blind or poison or uh petrify enemies is eh, a little bit of a miss on me yeah i guess i'll i it's funny because i i i didn't even think to think about like status ailments and and things of, of that nature um i I guess when you bring it up, I'm like, yeah, that is kind of a bummer that it, that it's not in. I guess for me personally, when I'm when I'm playing, I, I think back to my time playing the demo and playing. At first, I'm like, hey, like the I kind of like the slower pace of no, really no icon abilities and just having to focus on dodging or parrying or you know figuring out when to switch up, uh, lobbing fireballs from afar and when to close in. Um, and then when you shifted to the second demo, I was like, oh, this is way too much all at once. All the shuffling between all the different icon abilities just felt like a little much. But as you gain them organically through the main game, I start to see, OK, I can I you kind of carve out your own combos that you can create for yourself. And I think that that has its own kind of gratifying uh, payoff to it when you discover something that you like and you can stick to it or, you know, OK, I can cycle through this, you know, from uh you know phoenix to gorilla at this time and take advantage of this enemy state when they're staggered or whatnot um it i don't know it gives like a a unique feel to the combat that i definitely missed in 15 um one thing that one thing that's definitely on my mind and i'm curious for those that have played like a little further when it comes to like potions and high potions and those items um I love the fact that it's kind of automated. So if you, you don't have to worry about picking them up and then jumping over an item, you know, that was a thing that 15 <laughs> would happen all the time. You're trying to pick up an item and then you hop. But um, I don't know. It feels like the difficulty of the game is highly dependent on whether you have enough potions stocked up. So for example, I died to Garula, or Garuda because it was a tough fight, right? And I was trying to aggro it. And then I realized I could retry with all of my potions. Like, we're going to restock you with more potions and high potions. I'm like, well, this is... Uh, way too many potions than I need and was kind of able to steamroll through it. Does that, does the item, how does that kind of play out as you play through the game? Like that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think I only died once in the base game. Um, I've died way more times in Final Fantasy mode. It's way tougher, which is fun because um, I think right. the game's just too easy. But um, it's also very forgiving. And I think that for me personally, like I think they may have, they have made so many concessions, I think, out of a concern for people who don't like action games. Like, obviously, like, it's not as easy as Final Fantasy 15, which was like, I don't even know. You what literally pushed game. one button in Final right. Fantasy. Like, like, yeah. like you've seen the memes, people memeing about the guy who's just holding one button in, a, in right. like the, the first fight <laughs> in this game. And you can do that with the timely accessories if you really want. But 15 base combat was you hold a button. Right. 
and like maybe like you fly around a little bit and then you hit. I mean, like it was um, pretty weak there. And I think that they have been so concerned about that that they are, and then they're so forgiving when you die, which they refill all those potions. Right. And eventually, you're going to have like eight regular potions and five high potions. Wow. And if you have zero, they will re- refill all of them. They take that out in Final Fantasy mode. Okay, so, um, so did, did, okay. they do increase the the limits because yeah, I, so that's I am plus based. Okay, uh, thank God. Uh, not because uh, I'm using the potions. I'm not. I'm not needing to use them, but because I'm I feel like I'm wasting them because I have cap and then I find a potion in yep. the ground and if I'm full health, it still just uses it to mm-hmm. make room and I'm like what why is my pouch so small? No, I totally agree. And you know, later on uh when you get limit break, like it will regen your health when you're using limit break. So like I very rarely um, when I was picking up potions, was it like going into my inventory? Either it was being used immediately mm-hmm. and like healing me all the way, or it was just wasted. Um, and so sometimes I would actually walk past a potion when I thought it was going to be a fight. And then I, I thought I might get hit and then I would walk back to grab it. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think it's, uh, I, I definitely do think that at least for me personally, like, and I'm not like super good at action RPGs, like or action games, like I've played Bayonetta and I like them, but I'm not like amazing at Bayonetta or anything. But here I'm like, uh, especially by the end, like you're just obliterating everything. Um, and it's still fun, but I, I could have used maybe just a touch more challenge personally. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, I don't know. I I, I don't want to blanket statement any you know publisher or developer, but I wish that games like these had more accessibility options up front where like if you yes. wanted to be like, hey, like make it so it doesn't auto use a potion. Like I don't, I want the challenge, right? Like, you know give players the option to to pick and choose what they they want to do um because i'd love to just start on the mode that you're describing you know <laughs> like that yeah don't don't use up the potions maybe make me really work for it that sounds fun yeah like when you die there it doesn't refill potions um and so i was just running through the section where you get the limit break and i died like four times i was like wow. this is awesome yeah <laughs> love i was excited it's even honestly kind of weird that there there is an accessibility section in the settings and it's not the option that's there is a good option for people who are hard of hearing or deaf. Um, but that's the only option that's in that menu is the waveform that lets you basically tell, see where sound is coming from. Um, there's no other accessibility options in that menu. It's all then the accessories that you can optionally equip. And it is exactly the way that it was described in the previews where you you have... Uh, three accessory slots, which you can freely equip which, w- with whatever you want. You don't have to use the timed accessories, or you can use a combination to suit your preferences. And it's an interesting setup. I'm still kind of lukewarm about it because I think there are pros and cons to how they did it. I really wish that they had had more accessibility options in the settings menu. Um, things for like for visually impaired people, um, since. There's almost there's like there's nothing for visually impaired people uh, beyond like some of the mechanic accessories that let you slow down time to have more time to dodge and whatnot, uh, which I will freely admit I have that particular accessory turned on because while I am not like I'm okay at action games and I like action games, but I often have reflex issues where it's hard for me to read enemies and hit the button to dodge or evade in time. Um, and sometimes that can frustrate me. So I have that one on as a backup. I honestly don't end up activating it super often um, because if you 
time your dodge well enough, you 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 don't even see the slowdown. So I have that there more as like a backup in case something surprises me and I just really can't read an enemy. Um, so I like that. It's it's nice to have that option, but I just I, it's I feel like it's really weird that there's an accessibility menu which is one essentially accessibility option and not more. And for things like you know more subtitle options or uh, different options for like so you see you see games like you know Last of Us and that's those are games like where, that's a master class in accessibility yeah. options. And yeah, then, I just finished that game and compared to this, it's like yeah, that's doing a hundred times more things. Yeah, so I mean, I could go on and on about the issues with having most of your accessibility options be accessories and oh, totally. limiting how much you can equip at a time, and then making a decision about well do I use these or do I use other accessories that like boost my defense or make me heal more or something like that. And, but you know, I think I've already discussed that before. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I think that there's no real reason for them not to have added a couple of the things in there and Yoshi P stuck his foot in his mouth a few too many times in the lead up to the review, at least this game. And that was certainly <laughs> yeah. one of them. Uh, the racial representation issue, even worse, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, uh, I, I, for me, I, I like the base combat. I, I wish there was a little more enemy variety. Like, I feel like, um, even like the Dragoon fights, which I think are incredible. Like I love, and like they use Astinia's voice actor. Yes! I was like, Oh, it's so cool. And I thought the fight was so cool. That was so amazing. And that epic shot. And like, I was still like happy to fight Dragoons every time. But let me tell you, you're going to fight Dragoons a lot in this game and dragons and, you know, all those enemies. You've, you've seen almost all of them at this do, point. Do all of the Dragoons use Astinian's voice actor? Uh, I'm not sure because um, I didn't even know that they used uh, Astinian's voice actor until uh, the demo came out and someone noticed it. And I went back and played it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I missed this because I love Astinian. Um, yeah, so it's cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I think those are cool. But I think the boss fights always feel really different. And I love the boss fights and the icon fights. Um, I think they do a good job there of rolling out the complexity of those fights as well. Like, I think the Degaruda fight, um, you know, like gets maybe a little QT heavy. Um, but then, like, you get more things to engage with as you're playing as your icon um, as it goes. But it's really like the scale of them <laughs> that is so cool. Like, I don't even care about the complexity of those fights. And that's even why I can forgive the combat to some degree, because it's just so fun. Even if I think it's a little too easy and that I could use more accessibility options and given me more, um, like I just, I just had a blast with it. Like, I just think it's so polished the way that it's presented. Yeah. I'm enjoying, I mean, like I'm still, I don't even have Garuda yet, so I am fairly limited in what I can do combat wise, but I'm still enjoying it a lot. It's just, it's flashy and it's fun. And, uh, I, I'm fine. I mean, like, I I love turn-based combat, too, but this was really fun and kind of it fits the feel of the game uh, a lot, I think. Yeah, I think anybody who played 15 and then is kind of from playing that is very apprehensive about, like, Final Fantasy taking more of an action RPG approach. I think this game should, like, allay those fears a lot. Like, this is night and day compared to that game, um, in my opinion, just in how it feels and how that it's a lot more technical and it's a lot more fun just in general. You can, there's a lot more room for player expression. So um, it just, it just feels really fun to play moment to moment. And I mean, that's, I think the most important thing probably for a combat system. So um, even if the little elements, you know, may not all be there. um, 
I can't imagine anyway, anybody coming away from this game and not having a good time. I agree. Um, so I think that's enough about combat. Um, let's move on to, I think, uh, maybe the other big thing here, which is the storytelling. Um, and we obviously don't have a lot to talk about here in terms of the story yet. Um, but I do want to talk about like the way it's paced out and the, and, and the way the cutscenes are used and sort of some of our favorite characters early on. Um, I have some criticisms about the way the story is presented that I'll talk about as well um, without getting too specific. Um, so what are people's early impressions of the story itself? What, what are some characters you've liked? How do you like the pacing of it? Do you feel like it's too on rails early on? Uh, what, what do you got so far? Yeah, so um, I think that like, you know, the the Game of Thrones comparison that was brought up earlier, and I think that's like pretty obvious. Like there, <laughs> there's so many scenes where they're in like um, – tents like about to go on a battlefield and the characters are talking or they're around a big like war table talking like you can really see the influence but um i think it's those like similarities are very surface level the the game itself the story itself is much more focused and i think um focused around clive as a character his backstory and then his interaction with the world um and it's not you know i think some people kind of think of like Game of Thrones or, or that style of storytelling is very complex with a bunch of different characters everywhere and a lot of different motivations and relationships to like think about and manage as you're seeing the story play out. And this game is definitely more, I think, more simple, more streamlined. And I think that's to its strength. Um, and it really is like focused around Clive as kind of the 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 lodestone through which you understand this world and the the other characters that inhabit it. Um, and I think that kind of makes it um, a little, I think it makes it easier to engage with and um, in some ways more enjoyable, especially for a video game. Um, yeah. And Ben Starr's performance as uh, Oh my God, he's so good. Otherworldly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I saw some interview where like he apparently wasn't the first choice. I'm like, whoever the first choice was, I'm so glad they didn't get it. Because not only that, but he's also just like a lovely guy. Like if you ever watch interviews, he's like he's promoting it. He loves Final Fantasy. He talked yeah, today he about how much he loved himself. Chained Echoes, which I, I mean, like you say you love Chained Echoes. I'm here for that. Yes. Love that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he I think the vo- the vocal performances here, like Ralph Innocent as Sid is mm-hmm. fantastic standout um, character yeah i could listen I mean, to that guy like talk about zoning laws for like six right. hours straight <laughs> yeah i mean he was in game of thrones too he was like on the iron islands oh, wow. uh, in, in that game or in that game gosh uh in that show and he's kind of all around british tv uh, alana i was talking to her about it and he's she's like yeah he's like the voiceover on like every other commercial on tv and i'm like we need to watch more British commercials then. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I, I i think that the voice acting is so good um i i think that um Benedicta, who I think I have some issues with the way she's characterized and with the way uh, some of the main female cast in this game are characterized. I think Jill is a very weak character Um, and they make some efforts to characterize her better. But man, she gets shelved so often. Um, And I I think that she's like her character trait is like she likes Clive. Um, I'm not really sure I could tell you a whole lot beyond that. Um, But um, they still bring these characters that I think are not as well characterized as they need to be to life so well. Um, and I love the voice acting in this game. It's so strong. And Sid is going to win our best supporting character of 2023. Like I have no doubt in my mind about that. <laughs> I feel like every final fantasy game has to have like one, like really suave kind of like side character who never like kind of is about to steal the show. And like, like 
maybe is the main character, you know, like as a 12 like stand, ball fear, you know, <laughs> like for 15, Ignis was kind of that for me. Like, I just love those characters that just always give a little bit of side sass, you know? Um, oh man, there's yeah. a really great character who, um, I guess I'll just call him Greybeard, but he is like my favorite right now. Oh my now. gosh. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, like, that dude is awesome. He is. Um, and I can say the other character's name, Mid, also who's great. I'm not sure if you've met her yet. It's not really a spoiler. I've seen the memes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only fantastic. Mid thing in Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, uh, it's totally accurate. She's phenomenal. I mean, like we talk about like weaknesses in female characterization. Um, I think that she helps with that. And I actually like a lot of the NPCs and like um, there's one. I think it's really sex worker positive. You meet a, a woman named Isabel. Um, who I think is a really great character. Um, I like uh, Martha, who I, most of you have met at this point. Um, so I don't think it's totally weak on that front, but man, um, some of the characters you meet in the second half are almost as good as Sid. And yeah, I, there, there's so many great characters in this game. Oh man, I love Vivian and her stories. Yeah, Vivian's fantastic too. I forgot about her. Yeah, I'm already like meeting, just meeting the people at the hideaway uh, has been fun uh different like just the characters that are fulfilling the roles of like oh here's your shopkeeper or here's your blacksmith karen and blackthorn yeah also great characters oh man and uh gav is such a bro <laughs> and i also think that goots needs to be protected at all costs yes <laughs> oh my gosh the voice does not fit the man I the hordor like. is he the hordor yeah he's yeah. definitely the hordor yeah. <laughs> yeah just uh way more uh i guess like equipped to uh kind of just like have like conversations and stuff he's he's a little more simple but like he's such a sweetheart and such a good-hearted man yeah and can we all talk about the most important character in the entire game torgle 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 yes oh my gosh uh puppy torgle um is amazing and everything but so you can't uh, pet puppy torgle which is a crime know, right? it is a total crime uh, alana pet. just bought the puppy plush um, so I will be petting that plush uh, very frequently, very soon here. Um, but uh, yeah, um, my goodness. Uh, I, I think it's like a, such a simple thing to give you like a, this loyal companion. But it, like it, and I think that you could argue that you would like maybe more party interactions, but I don't even care because I can pet Torgo whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he comes in clutch too. I think there's a lot of moments where Clive would be very dead <laughs> without Torgo being there. So. Um, I think he's he's like super integral to uh, to the game, and it's cool. You can you know you can kind of call him in whenever, have him like do combos with you and stuff. Yep. It's just like a really neat. I think like if you're gonna have a pet character, like the implementation of Torgol in this game is uh, is very good um, as far as like getting you to care about him and making him a part of the gameplay. So. Yeah, Torgol's. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot. Um, I really love some some scenes that he has in, in the story. Um, a lot of really cool stuff. But I think my favorite one is the one that Caitlin's coming up to you, um, where I'll just say it's it's like a combo attack. And it's the <laughs> coolest, like, hype yeah. thing. And I was like, it's best boy. Like, there's no chance for our game of the year. Um, what is it? Like, pet? Better mascot, mascot character. character. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. Yeah. yeah it's not even. <laughs> He's number one. And if anyone argues otherwise, I'll sick Torgle. He's number on. one and number two. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Torgle and Puppy Torgle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I am the features manager, so I can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> At least in terms of making them both options to vote for. Ah, we know <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the characters in this game, because uh, I, I think that. One of the things about this game, um, in terms of its pacing, I actually, I think in the first five hours, like I was not super sold 
like I liked this game, but I wasn't as sold on this game um, as I think a lot of people have been in the early going. Like I think like Joshua and all the stuff that happens in the flashback is great. Um, I think it's really emotional what happens at the end there. Um, and I, I can just spoil it when, you know, Ifri comes and rips Phoenix apart. It's like, um, and uh, Ben Starr's voice acting during that is great. Um, and it's such a great baseline for the game. But like, eventually I was like, all right, like, I, I kind of want to, I want to, I want a little more RPG in my Final Fantasy. Um, and I think it, when, because like a lot, sort of in the latter portions of the game, it has like a rhythm where like you will travel to a town, you'll meet like sort of the person who's in charge there, like your contact. And then you will get side quests and like sort of get to know the town and the people. And I think that for all the praise that the big, enormous set pieces are going to get, um, I think that and, um, you know, meeting the people and the characterization. And personally, I know the side quests have gotten a lot of flack um, and a lot of reviews, but I think especially in the latter portions of the game, the side quest writing becomes really good um, and helps really fill out the people of Valistia. And I think, um, you know, I use this phrase like mixing the intimate with the epic um, in my review. And I think that is why this game hits such high highs for me personally. For like the side quests, I actually haven't had any issues with them. Like they've all felt like they've added to the world and just kind of like, you know, filled in your codex a little totally bit. Totally agree. And you always get something that you need. Like I was super excited to do a side quest because I might get like a material that I need for crafting. Um, but there was a quest uh, where you have to go point A to point B to point C, back to A, back to C, back to B, back to A. And it kind of feels like it serves as a reminder of like how old um, fetch quests used to feel. And so I kind of hated that quest, but it was nice that it kind of, you know, breathed some life into the world. But it also kind of felt like, you know, just like the devs shaking their finger being like, it could be this bad. <laughs> I know exactly what quest you're talking about. And yeah, I agree. I think that one was a little frustrating. But I think um, like when you get to uh, like when you're going north up into Sandbreck, um, like out in that field area, there are a couple of quests out there that are so dark um that i think are really good and, and even like the the couple of occasional fetch quests don't really bother me and i'm just like when people are criticizing i'm like what are you looking for in a quest like do you want the rewards to be even better like i, I think it's not like the witcher 3 good in terms of the writing in the side quests but like i think it's in the same ballpark sometimes and i don't really understand the criticism because none of them take very long to complete for the most part, yeah. except for that one you're talking about. So <laughs> I, I, I think that I think they're great. For, I would encourage everybody to do them. Yeah, for me, with I'm not the biggest fan of The Witcher Three, and all of the side quests, at least that I did in that game, kind of felt like it would be better off for those people if I never did the side quest at all, because it kind of felt like you know, in like Uncharted or Indiana Jones or something, where you step into the temple and it starts to collapse. So it would have been better if you didn't step in in the first place. Uh, so, and it was nice to not have quests like that in 16 to where it kind of feels like I'm actively helping people and not just making lives worse. Um, so that was, it was kind of refreshing to me, especially with how like kind of grim and dark the game is, but there are definitely some, some very dark ones, um, to where like, even if I was, you know, a couple minutes too late, I can at least, you know, kind of help the survivor of an attack or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I want to talk about related to like storytelling um, is uh, the active time uh, lore system. So 
I think that this is like probably the most genius thing about the game and like the best innovation. I know that there is some like debate about whether it's good or not, um, but I love it. Like the the ability to pause any cutscene. Okay, hold, hold, hold up for a second here. Who's saying they don't like it? Like <laughs> I, I <laughs> well, don't understand. I've heard, I've heard people say that like you, it's not they're not explaining the concepts to you, and be, so what happens is they're just throwing out like proper nouns and then the game expects you to like pull them up but i I don't really think that that's necessarily true i think most of the context is pretty clear from most of the scenes but if you want to know more then it lets you do that at any time and i think that's huge like it, it makes the conversations feel so much more natural because in a lot of games you have like the characters have to just like start into like exposition dialogue to explain like something to the player, which they wouldn't say in like a a natural sounding conversation. And this game just like completely eliminates all of that. So they can throw out a term or a country or a group of people. And then they, you know, know that you can just pause and pull it up at any time and find out all the little details you want to know. But you also never need to do that to know the basics of what's going on. It's it's really masterful, I think. When I first saw it, I thought it was like the dumbest thing. I was like, no one's going to do this. And then I think within the first couple hours, I was like, who the hell is that guy? And then I hit pause. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's who you are. So it's, it's come in handy a lot for me. But it also, if you remember some RPGs uh, back in the day, where... I think one of the Final Fantasies did it, maybe like two, um, where like someone would say something and the text would be highlighted in red and then you could like hit square or something and then get some more context about what that is. So it it definitely feels like that, but in real time for dummies like me who are like, who is that guy? And it's really cool how it updates um, as -hmm. you go through, as you... Uh, new cutscenes will add new entries that add more context and you can go back uh, in the hideaway and talk to... Uh, um, I'm blanking on his name, he, uh, but you can look at the tomes and oh, see all name. the different entries, like the first entry and then the next one and the next one and see how they change uh, over the course of the game. And that was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I think that because, um, you know, in, in the latter portions of the game, you will get these sections where um, and Des, remember of her name again, which will kind of explain. I can't remember. Oh, my gosh. What's was name? it Vivian? Vivian, yeah. Well, she'll kind of explain the world. And I and I definitely think early on, like it kind of throws you into the deep end a little bit. And you just kind of have to like muddle your way through. They make it way more explicit later on. But I think that even if they didn't have the Vivian explanations, which are delightful, so I, I love them anyway. Um, the uh that that active time war thing is just it's so cool and like it's slick, um, like the way it looks, um, and it gives you just enough information. And I was just and most of the time, it's information that it gives you in game. But there are occasionally times where it will tell you things that you didn't already know. Like I think the ones about the dominance in particular are really interesting because um, I learned a little bit about like what the world must have looked like before, um, you know, like in the time of the fallen or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think it's super cool. Can I? Can I, the fallen? Does that? Does that get? Do, do they do things with the fallen? Because um, I feel like. I feel like they're hinting at something there, but I'm not sure if that's something that they're going to tug on or if it's just like a, oh yeah, there are ancient ruins of a previous civilization because like most RPGs you have, oh yeah, there's an ancient civilization. Something bad happened to them. It's interesting. I thought they would do more with the fallen. Like, you know, sort of how their, um, how their, you find out how their civilization collapsed um, and you find out a little bit more about them, but it's interestingly not like, some super integral part of the world. Um, not as much as I expected it to be. 
um, it didn't bother me um, at all, really. Um, but it, I, I guess like, it makes the world feel like it has a history, but like that history is just sort of flavor rather than being something critical okay. to the game itself. Yeah, it kind of feels like this game's version of like the ancients from seven, where it's just kind of like you don't know too much about them, um, but you get little bits and pieces here and there. Um, but they they definitely do kind of dig more into it, at least where I'm at. And uh, it's been interesting. But yeah, it's I guess on one hand, they're not beating you over the head with it. Like um, some games do with just like this is how it used to be a thousand years ago. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that they do a, a really nice job with it. They do look really cool. The ruins themselves oh, look really neat. You, you do get the opportunity to explore some of the ruins. That's not really that happens relatively early. Um and it's really cool. I think it it feels so different from the rest of the game and like this medieval fantasy setting that like for me I was like yeah give me this like um, as a slaw type thing. <laughs> it's really yes cool. yeah um, yeah and it feels kind of like that but it's not as critical to the storytelling as you know everything around as a slaw is in Final Fantasy fourteen. And there was a moment uh, that I got to recently where uh, tying into I feel like there's there's so many little nods uh, throughout even just what I've played to Final Fantasy as a series in general, like the, the, using the prelude theme in some of the opening, uh, in, in media res, opening part of the games, um, the obviously the nods to 14 here and there, but then that little brief conversation between Sid and Clive talking about, oh, these ruins from the Fallen, I think it used to be something called an airship and can't fly anymore, mm-hmm. and what a shame that is. And I was like, you cheeky bastards are you making a reference to like sid highwind or something like that like i was like oh i love it yeah Uh, speaking of references uh keep your eye out for a bard oh my gosh a a, a spoonie bard yes (laughs) yes like i was just walking through and i saw the word spoonie bard and i was like you jerks (laughs) (laughs) it's so fantastic and i'm kind of hoping there's like a, a wyvern called like a wyburn uh, from the old terrible uh, five translation so that would be fun i don't think so but that would be fun yeah it's like you got one i just need the other um yeah so i think uh we've covered most of what i wanted to talk about is there anything else in terms of the early going that you really wanted to cover or i guess questions for me or Des or further along things you want to know about the game going forward. I've covered most of what I want to talk about. I, I had something for you, Zach. I, yeah. So I know that, you know, 15 gets a lot of flack and I'm bringing it up in, a lot in this in this conversation. But one thing I really did like about that game was when you're doing side content and, you know, uh, I'll, I get why we have the linear segments to kind of kick us off in, in 16. And I don't like particularly mind them. Like, I, I think they're, they're, they're serviceable, but I do notice that, you know, you have that kind of, you're trying to walk someplace and it very clearly you feel that, you know, force field and it's pretty. But um, one thing I really appreciated about 15 was these kind of intricate dungeon designs where you kind of get lost in these labyrinthine um, kind of structures. Does, does 16 have anything like that? No. Is there any, so it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. You have a pretty good feel for the way the dungeons yeah. work at this point. Yeah. Um, they get maybe a little bit longer and maybe a tiny bit more complicated, but they're very, very linear. You're not going to get like, what is that stupid dungeon in 15? where like, you have to do platforming. Um, you mean the best the last thing I'm I kidding. did in that game. I did not enjoy it, <laughs> but I did. I, I did like the other, like really big, massive dungeons. in 15. Yeah. I actually like 15 more than a lot of people, but um, 
yeah, there's really nothing like that. It is definitely a more controlled experience than that. You do get hunts later on, which is yep. cool. As a 12 fan, I'm, I'm excited to try out yeah. the hunts. I really am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, that's really the only place that if you want to challenge yourself in the base game, like, I think I think at some point I got like an S mark when I was like level 36 and it was level 50 and I was like, I'm doing mm, it. I don't nice. care. <laughs> I um, and yes. I, 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 and I did you do it? it. I managed to do it. Nice. Um, I, I think I actually when they were playing at um, the uh, announcement event, they were doing that very hunt um, and it was the same one that I had done. And I was like, yeah, this one's awesome because it was actually like a reskin of a later boss that you haven't even seen yet. So it was the first time I'd seen it. So that was cool because usually the hunts are just reskins. But one, there is a red chocobo hunt and it's super cool. Oh, no. <laughs> it's actually kind of hard too. Oh, no. That brings back nightmares from Bosja. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Every time I saw that hunt come up and or whatever they, whatever they called them in Bosja, I was like, nope, not doing that. No, no. I, I did direction. it once and never again. Yep. That was exactly my experience. I died like three times when I did it that one time as well. And I was like, that's enough for me. I will say kind of really related to the linearity um when as i've been playing at first i was like okay i'll go to this area for the main story and it winds up uh being it's only for the main story like once you finish it you can't go back uh and i was like oh but that area was pretty and i just what if i i'm pretty sure i got everything from there but like what if i just wanted to run through it again so it was nice to have the option with the um the stone in mm-hmm. your hideaway that lets you redo those linear sections again and you know like either to find stuff you missed or to do it in the arcade mode where you can like challenge yourself to get a high score um so i i I like that i mean like the the ideal would have been just let me go back and explore you Mm -hmm. know whenever i want to from the main map but it was nice to give the option for that i agree um and i think that's cool um and uh speaking of arcade mode (laughs) I know I've been like, oh, this game isn't that challenging. If you decide to go and play the new game plus mode and you want a challenge, go try the Ultimaniac arcade mode. It is insane. Like on that very first level where like you fight the uh, Fafnir, like I got killed by like the second mob, like every all six times that I tried. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, there is cha- there are challenges to be had in this game eventually. It just takes too long to get there. Yeah, some of the hunts have been like absolutely absurd for me. I fought my first A rank, which I think was the Nine of Knives, and um, oh yeah, 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 that's just a, a reskin of uh, the Ninja uh, boss battle uh, from earlier on in like Karen Orvin, but um like that thing was tough and like it really kind of put me to the test. And so I appreciate that the hunts are kind of like very challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, But I also like how you basically just get an idea of where they're at. And as far as I know, there's no way to like open up your menu and find out where they're pointed. So um, it's really fun to just kind of be like, okay, I want these four. They're all in this area. I'm just going to go walk around and find them. Yeah, and one of the cool things is with S ranks, they are very, very vague. They'll be like, "This person." They don't even. They won't even give you like a location like they do for the rest of them. They'll just say like, "This person was walking from Kerenorvent to Northreach, and they said they saw, you know, a big dragon." And then you have to go figure out, like, look at your map, think about where it is in the path. Um, and honestly, like, I'm the kind of person who, like, if I played the game after release, I would just look it up immediately because I'm impatient. But I still thought it was cool to like give you that option to like go and kind of explore around and go find stuff. It made it feel like more organic. So yeah, uh, we didn't talk much about the music, but uh, um, 
the music in this game is fantastic. I love uh, like the light motif of Prelude and Final Fantasy theme and the way they do it over and over again in different ways. And those icon fights, like the music is so epic, um, but it also has like this dark, moody feel. Um, like apparently, like they said, hey, Soken, you need to write 160 songs for this game. And he wrote over 200 because he is a machine. He's a madman. Uh, incredible. Uh, the music here is so good. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even know what else to say about it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I one of the things that struck me um, as I was exploring some of the opening areas is for the regular mob fights, not the mid bosses or the bosses. Um, it's just a, 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 a layered arrangement of the area theme, um, mm-hmm. which I always love when games do that. Like I, I, I'm a huge fan of games doing sort of. Uh, layered atmospheric music where it starts off low and then you have a battle version or a tension version and stuff like that. Like I love that in the Deus Ex games, uh, for example. But I was thinking to myself, okay, that's cool, but but that's, oh, I mean, like that's perfect for Soken. Soken is a master at taking a theme and making mm-hmm. like a bazillion different arrangements of it and having them all sound great and work together. And so I was like, this is this is chef's kiss. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that um, when you think about Soken's strengths, I think that uh, one of the things he does really well is the variety and the types of music. And you don't have that as much here. But the other strength that he has is taking a previous theme, recontextualizing it, and making it awesome. Like, I don't know who did the mashup of Final Fantasy main theme in Kaine at the end of uh, Tower of Paradigm's Breach, but it's like one of my favorite tracks in all of video games. I think it's amazing. And it's like really great that with like Soken, he's so he's got so much variety, but at least to me, every track that I hear just kind of like bleeds Soken. So it's he's kind of like a, I guess like a modern day Sakuraba to me, to where like when you hear it, you know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, hearing stuff from like the previews and the the trailers, and I was like, yeah, that definitely sounds like Soken, and it almost sounds like it is something that would not be uh, unusual to hear in Final Fantasy XIV. I, I swear I heard uh, leitmotifs that sounded like they were directly, like, the- thematically referencing Final Fantasy XIV themes. And I was like, yes, bring it. I need it. So, and I'm just like, I've said this before, I'm really just excited for um, the people playing this game who have not played Final Fantasy XIV and have not listened to Final Fantasy XIV's soundtrack because I think they are in for... A, a treat like those of us who know Soken know what to expect and we're we are still eating very well but i'm excited to have his music extend to a an audience beyond the mmo crowd the the people who wouldn't even touch 14 because of an mmo or just aren't interested or don't have time or money or whatnot because y'all are in for some really good hard agree <laughs> yeah for sure all right. Well, uh, that was a good conversation. Uh, thanks uh, for chatting about it. Um, I'm excited to hear what everybody thinks as they get closer to the end. I hope I didn't spoil anything too big or too massive um, because uh, I, I think that there are moments in this game that I would never want to give away before someone gets the opportunity to experience them for themselves. Um it, it goes some really interesting places. Um, and uh, I'm glad that you guys are all, all seem to be enjoying it so far um, and haven't let the uh, discourse get you down too much, at least. <laughs> um, so um, that, that's it for this episode. Uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about some housekeeping things. 
So uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you can go back and you can listen to a ton, uh, 271 of other episodes uh, hosted by a variety of people um, of Random Encounter. But we also have two other fine podcasts, um, Retro Encounter, uh, which currently is on a biweekly schedule uh, about usually retro related things, uh, usually hosted by Mike Slosey, recently mostly hosted by me, um, and also Rhythm Encounter, uh, which is also every two weeks. Uh, it's about RPG music. You can hear that's usually hosted by Mike Salvato, sometimes Hillary. Um, and it's a great time just to go listen to some good tunes. And I am certain that Final Fantasy 16 will be making an appearance on Rhythm Encounter very, very soon. Um, so uh, otherwise, if you want to get uh, in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at RPGfan.com. You can also review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, you know, anywhere you can rate things, you can rate us. And we would love it if you did that. Um, and, uh, before we talk, uh, before we close out the show, I'd like to talk about how we can get in touch with each of the individual panelists, t- starting with you, Ben. Yeah. So, um, I don't have a Twitter or anything, but you can uh, email you. me at, <laughs> at, uh, benloganlove at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with me. Excellent. And Des. I also avoid Twitter, but I am in the RPG fan discord. So feel free to pop in and say hi and see what's up. Awesome. And Caitlin. Uh, you can email me at caitlinA at rpgfan.com. Awesome. And David. I reluctantly still do have my Twitter, but you can reach me at uh, David underscore Silbert, S-I-L-B-E-R-T. And that's that. Awesome. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, I am unfortunately on Twitter, but it's very difficult to find me because it's all shut down because I'm a teacher. Um, So the easiest way to get in touch with me is via email, ZachW at RPGFan.com. You can also find me on our Discord at ZachW. And yeah, um, so thanks everybody so much for joining. Um, I uh, had a great time chatting with everybody. Um, I think this game um, is special and I liked it a lot. And I'm glad to hear that mostly uh, all of you were enjoying it so far as well. So thank you also listeners for listening to us talk for almost an hour and a half about this game. And uh, whatever you're playing, have fun.